The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone, is a film released on Blu-ray and on demand in 2020, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. The film is a restoration and new cut of Coppola's The Godfather Part 3, originally released in 1990. For the movie's 30th anniversary, Coppola was given permission by Paramount Studios to edit and release this new version of the film, which is closer to his original vision for the project. Back in 1990, The Godfather 3 faced many problems, such as the studio unwilling to pay the wage demands of Robert Duvall, who played Tom Hagen in the first two films, and Winona Ryder dropping out of the project at the last minute, forcing Coppola to cast his daughter in the film, and she was singled out when the film came out as giving the worst performance in the entire film. Now obviously, there was no new filming done, there's no George Lucas-esque instances of Coppola CGIing Winona Ryder's face onto Sofia Coppola's body and Robert Duvall's face onto George Hamilton's, so some issues with the film cannot be changed full stop. What the movie does have, as has been advertised by Coppola and Paramount, is a new beginning, a new ending, and snippets and minor re-edits here and there to create a better overall picture. One of the added benefits, an unseen benefit for audiences, is something that Al Pacino pointed out, which is that with this cut, Francis Ford Coppola has more time in the editing room, 30 years to be precise, to put together a better cut of the film, as originally the movie's editing process was very rushed. So it's a little difficult and weird for me to review this film, because I'm reviewing a new cut of The Godfather Part 3, but I've never reviewed the original Godfather Part 3, so you guys don't know what I think of that film anyway. And I don't want to just sit here and list all the differences between this cut and the original, I'll probably save that for another video. But very briefly, I think The Godfather Part 3 is a very uneven film. I'm probably more sympathetic to it than most. Like for example, I've always said that if the first two masterful films are 10s out of 10s, then the third is a solid 8. It has some good moments, some bad. It's a shame that Winona Ryder dropped out and Robert Duvall wasn't in it, that would have been a huge difference had they been in the film. The calibre of the acting was a huge step down from the previous two movies. Sofia Coppola was really poor. Her monotonous line delivery sounded like she was new to the English language. And the way she just kind of bounced around, which was probably to make her look naive and innocent, made her look slightly mentally challenged and tipsy, like she had a few before turning up to set. I didn't like the guy who played Joey Zaza. He looked like he belonged in a spoof of The Godfather, not an actual sequel. And Eli Wallach, who I adore from The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, was kind of weird in the film. I don't even know if I can call it overacting, it was just a weird performance. I remember also being confused about the hitman looking very similar to the priest, and then he actually goes and dresses up as one, and part of me was thinking, wait, did the Pope put a hit out on Michael? All of the Vatican stuff pretty much went over my head. I was probably too young at the time, but at the same time, whilst the second film was complex, this one was convoluted. I know Andy Garcia's performance was praised, but I never took to it, and found him cringeworthy. I did like him more in this one though, I can't tell if that's because I've warmed up to his performance or if subtle changes have improved it. Like there was one part where he kisses Connie's hand in the original cut, which looked really weird because it looked like he'd been starved for days and was trying to eat her hand but that's one of the few scenes cut out of the film. Pacino in the movie is a weird one. On one hand, it is a good performance. You can see that this man is haunted by his past, that he's got demons resting to take over him and he's fighting them off. And he of course has that incredible scene on the stairs in the film's climax. 
However, as many have pointed out, he doesn't really come off as Marco Corleone. It seems like he's playing himself. I remember the first time I watched it, I actually had to rewind the first 10 minutes or so because, and this was before I was really into movies and I knew who Al Pacino was, but I didn't realise that that rather timid looking old guy with the gravity voice going, Finish the lawyer's degree, was the same ice cold terrifying killer from the first film. That being said, a lot of time has passed between the second and third film's events. Michael is a changed man, he's been aged due to his guilt and regret. This is no longer that Michael Corleone. But the thing is, seeing his transformation from that cold killer to the broken old man might have actually made a better movie. Which brings me to the fundamental issue with The Godfather Part 3, which is that it just really isn't that interesting. The whole thing with Michael trying to go straight is, and him paying for his sins and not being able to catch a break with corruption and deceit every way he turns, and then the one pure precious thing in his life is taken away from him, and it's because of him, but the story gets bogged down in that convoluted Vatican plot and the romance between Andy Garcia and Sofia Coppola is clunky. In fact, watching the new cut brings to light that when you think about it, especially in regards to the first two films, not a lot actually happens in this movie. I can see what they were going for with the film, and to an extent it worked, but it was a case of stumbling just until they reached the finish, and 10 yards before that finish, there was a lightning fast sprint, because The Godfather Part 3 always feels like it's building up to that big climax at the end. The stuff with the murder montage is a bit of a rip-off from the first film, but the climax on the stairs, bar Sophia's acting, is a monumental moment. It's just that most of the rest of the film is just above average. So the new cut, and there's an immediate change just after the opening title card, which reads, The Godfather Coda, and then in speech marks, the death of Michael Corleone. Oh, and by the way, there's no spoilers in this video for those who have seen the original part 3, as none of the changes have any real change to the story. But the film begins with a quick cut of the Vatican. At least I think it was, it might have been a random church. But then instantly, we are in the middle of the scene where Michael is talking to the Archbishop, where Michael offers to give the Vatican millions in cash in exchange for gaining control over a particular business that the church has control over. It's quite an abrupt opening, it throws you straight into it, and you wonder whether this is one of the handicaps of the new cut, in that there are no real new scenes filmed, it's just whatever Francis could find off the cutting room floor. Maybe in a perfect world, Michael walks into the Archbishop's office, the two greet and sit down, you know, slow and steady, like the opening of the first two films, but straight away it's, Don Corleone, I need your help, and it throws us straight into it. This is one of two major changes of the movie, the second one being the ending, and to be honest, though I do think this version is slightly better, and there are small changes that have huge significance in better presenting the film's themes, there isn't that much difference between the two cuts, and if someone told me that this was produced to fund Francis Coppola's next family vacation, I wouldn't hesitate to believe it. But this is actually a good change. First of all, this scene takes place in the original about 40 minutes into the film, and by that point you're already slightly confused and zoned out, thinking, what the hell is going on, and is this really a Godfather film? But now because it's the opening scene, you're more alert when you watch it, the events that are going on make more sense. Also, it summarises the entire point of the film in a way, because words like forgiveness are used. You can tell from the off that Michael Corleone is looking to settle his past, and he's chosen this by going legitimate and giving money to the church. 
There's clearly an undertone of remorse and an intention to change, which makes subsequent scenes, like when Michael's exasperated in his office, watching the beef between Joey, Zaza and Vincent, and he says, what does this have to do with me? It has more power, because we already know now that this man wants out. He wants to just get past all of this crap. The original opening with the sinister shots of the lake house and Michael being commended for his charity work are completely cut out of the film. I'm happy that the Fredo murder was cut out, the flashback, as it's better as a terrible memory rather than us actually seeing it again. It makes the movie feel like its own film, if that makes sense, as opposed to an extended ending for part two. The Godfather 3 is a film with a lot of weird moments, bizarre pieces of acting and dialogue. The death of Michael Corleone has thankfully removed a few of these. Examples include the aforementioned part where it looks like Vincent is going to eat Talia Shire's hand, and also when Sofia Coppola runs off looking like a spastic after her father says she can't see Vincent. And this really weird part where Eli Wallach's Don Altoberto says the blessed other peacemakers line, where he's talking to himself and it looks like he's actually looking right at the camera. He's not in the film that much either, and other small cuts here and there all to improve the film. However, some of the larger, harder to get rid of parts are still in the movie, like that scene straight out of a Rambo movie where the commission gets taken out by the helicopter gunman, including that part where the guy refuses to let go of his lucky coat, and the bit where Vincent shoes Zaza a new pair of bloody tits. This version of the film is a lot more concerned with the tragedy of Michael Corleone. That's what it's all about. It's not a Godfather film, it's an epilogue, a coda, an exploration of a cold-hearted killer, the head of a crime family, who grows older and warmer and tries to go straight and to reconnect with his real family, his children, seeking redemption, and his failure to do so, the punishment of him not being able to do so, a bit like Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, which Pacino has actually compared to this film. There's numerous examples of this being emphasised, but to be honest, I can't remember if these elements were already present in the original film, and maybe I missed it because I was young when I watched it, or maybe I just don't remember. But the symbolism feels a lot more direct and obvious, which might be a bit blunt and on the nose, but does cement what the film is actually about. It's all linked to that crescendo of an ending where Michael faces his ultimate tragedy. But for example, I don't remember that song that Michael's son sings being subtitled in The Godfather Part 3. And in this version it is, and what he says in Italian, things like my soul cries in pain and it has no rest, is essentially describing Michael Corleone's state, and we can see why the music hits home so hard. It isn't just him having a nostalgia trip. I did think there were too many mentions of Fredo in this version. Again, I might be misremembering the 1990 version, but as far as I can remember, there's one part where Connie talks about Fredo, another where Michael cries out for him when he's having a stroke, and finally when Michael confesses to the priest that he ordered the death of his brother. These three scenes are very powerful. The first shows that Connie doesn't know the truth, that this vile sin is alone with Michael and just a handful of others. The second is very emotional, showing how he cried out for his brother in his most critical state, and of course the confession is where he lets it all out. But in this version, and again, it might actually be in the original, so forgive me if it is, there's one bit where Sophia asks Andy Garcia if her dad killed his brother, and another part where Kay tells Pacino that his son knows he kills Fredo. These two incidences are too direct, they're too blunt and in your face. The issue of Fredo's murder 
is better explored when it swarms and encircles the film, when it's hovering over the head of Michael until his confession, not with characters blurting out, I know you killed Fredo. Now you may be surprised to hear this, but for a film called The Death of Michael Corleone, Michael doesn't actually die in this one. The ending is very similar to the original one, but the dancing flashback only includes Michael's dance with Mary, not Apollina or Kay, and then we see him sitting in the chair when he's old, and then the film just fades to black. I get it, it's not a physical death, it's what destroyed him and what he has to live with, and there's even a closing line the film ends with, which says, When the Sicilians wish you Kenani, however it's pronounced, it means long life, and a Sicilian never forgets. I don't like a Godfather movie having closing title cards. It doesn't fit, but I do get it. Similar to Frank Sheeran in The Irishman, Michael Corleone lives a long life, and he's faced with never forgetting the pain of what's happened, and he's forever trapped in tragedy and suffering. The film feels a lot more streamlined onto the tragedy of Michael Corleone, and in particular the tragedy of his daughter. Other changes include the murder by glasses being about a million times bloodier than in the original cut, but much of the same problems like Sofia Coppola still exist, although she's slightly more bearable because she's in the film just a tad less, but there still exist some scenes of absolute cringe, like when Michael says, he's your first cousin. And then she says, then I'll love him first, whatever the hell that means. That's probably more of a script issue than an editing one, but of course it's not as if Coppola can pen another script, so there's only so many improvements that can be made with this film. Overall, I'd say it is definitely better than the original cut of the movie, but only slightly. Is it worth sitting through two and a half hours of the film again just to see this cut? Well, the way I'd put it, if you're going to rewatch the Godfather trilogy, when you get to the third film, watch this version instead of the original part 3. I think it works a bit better for what it was going for. Thanks for watching.